Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another outstanding edition of Ghosts Chronicles, the Next Generation. And today we go x Filish <laughs> special edition. So we're not just looking at ghosts and ghosts. We're looking at other things besides ghosts. So with me is my co-host. All right, enough of that. Uh, all the way from East Bridgewater, the queen of the cemeteries, Ann Kerrigan. <laughs> well, good evening. How you doing? Oh, wait, I'm not supposed to ask you that. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I haven't seen you guys. Had to work last week. Yeah, Actually, right, I, right. I, it's more. Uh, of you a, know, she's got this little thing. If she doesn't want to do the show, she says, "Yeah, I got to work." You know, I got to work. Oh know? yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. That's completely it. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Next thing I know, I, she's posting pictures of her dancing her, her head off at some hootie tootie party somewhere, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, okay, yeah, I, I get that. That must be work." Okay, I understand. Um, that was Saturday night, I'm and teasing, our I'm show's teasing. on Wednesdays. So, anyways, I could have posted pictures from the board of selectmen's meeting that I had Ooh. to cover. That would have yeah. had you on the edge of your seat, man. I'm telling you. Tell yeah, but you. You, you, wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's it's right into the X Files because really? the building it was in is uh, isn't that haunted? Yes, the town hall uh, apparently is haunted. Yes. So there you go. We would have seen a haunted meeting anyway. Yeah, it? maybe you would have seen Mrs. Hobart. You know. Right. The gavel would have swinging across the room. Yep, swinging through the meeting. And tell speaking of strange things, behave. <laughs> speaking of strange yes. things, I'd like to introduce our guest tonight. Uh, he's someone I've known for a long time, and he is probably the authority on lighthouses, but also strange things as well. Uh, he is Mr. Jeremy Dontremont. Who are you calling a strange thing? <laughs> I really? I Hi, Jeremy. Hi, Ann. Hi, Ron. Long time. Nice no to be back. See. Wow. Yeah, it's been a little while. Yes, I don't think that I have seen you since Halloween, two Halloweens ago. Really? Uh, yeah. Was that when we did the TV show? Or no, 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 the oh. Halloween event. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we were at uh, yeah. the the yeah, Halloween the one party. looked like the Walking Dead guy. Yeah, he looked like the dead lighthouse keeper. He looked awesome. Yeah, the one that they dug up in the water. <laughs> like or somebody they right they pulled me up yeah. with a hook out of the water. He looked great. Yeah. <laughs> So, that, yeah, was that was an excellent costume. Of course, you. another another dress up as Ian and I likes to do. Oh, Ian, by the way, <clears> on <throat> uh, April fifteenth, I will be doing a Victorian table tipping event where you dress up. Oh, Victorian mm. tea sandwiches and tea. Of course, isn't the tea gonna go flying all over the place when you? I'm not do the saying, table. but you tipping. know, you never know. Just like mm. Disney World, flying teacups and saucers, right? Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. Speaking about that, spinning you know, around the haunted, the haunted house in Disney World is actually haunted. Oh yeah. Really? What about the haunted light? The haunted lighthouse? Isn't there a 
where's the haunted lighthouse? Is that at Disney World? I, you do, know not, I do not know that. I've never well, seen a haunted lighthouse at Disney World. <laughs> there's a haunted either. lighthouse some in one of those parks. I've never been yeah. to any of them, so sure. I'm not quite sure. Uh-huh. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe another planet. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe I dreamed it. Yes, you did. Yeah, your metaphor is mixed up. But, but a train. But a train. But yeah, oh, no. um, Garnet Light just logged in. Garnet Light. What's that? Just logged into the chat room. Excuse me? Garnet Light. That. Is there such a thing as a Garnet Light? Uh, oh, yeah. Jeremy? Yeah, there is. I'm sorry, I didn't quite get the, the word Garnet there. Yes, yes. Light. Garnet Light is also known as Plymouth Light, Plymouth, Massachusetts. Oh. Oh. Uh, it's one of the oldest wooden lighthouses in the United States. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. And I know the woman who takes care of it, who's the head of the organization. She's actually, my friend Dolly uh, is actually the daughter of the famous historian Edward Rose Snow. Oh, yeah, yeah, Some yeah. of your listeners know about Edward Snow because oh. he wrote about all kinds of neat stuff about the New England coast, including ghost stories and so forth. But um, anyway, also, the, uh, there was a ghost. Santa, he was involved with that. Uh, well, he was, I'm sorry? Friends of Flying Santa. Santa, he was involved with that. Yeah, he didn't start it, but he... Uh, I didn't say he started it. Don't put okay. words in my mouth. <laughs> well, I'm saying he didn't start it anyway. <laughs> but uh, he got involved with the, the Flying Santa program in the, 19, in the mid-1930s, and he kept it going through 1980, where he used to fly over the lighthouses every Christmas season in a plane and drop presents for the keepers. Really? But, um, oh, but anyway, to back up a little bit, um, the Gurnet Light or Plymouth Light does have an interesting ghost story. I don't think we've ever talked about that on the, the show really? before. Oh, the, yeah, I want to hear that one. That was the scene of the first woman lighthouse keeper in the United States. Oh, that explains mm-hmm. a lot. Shut her up, Ron. Was, her name was Hannah gonna, Thomas. I knew it. I knew you were going to jump in there. I'm not okay. even going to respond to that. But, Thank um, you. Uh, Hannah Thomas's husband was the keeper, and he went away in the Revolution and died of disease uh, while mm-hmm. fighting the war. And she took over as the keeper and uh, stayed there for quite a few years. This, you know, so obviously late 1700s, way before there, I, I think she was well before any other woman lighthouse keeper in the United States. There were others later on. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, anyway, uh, this couple I know uh, named Bob and Sandra Shanklin, who are known as the Lighthouse People. <laughs> uh, people could look up their website, thelighthousepeople.com. They're really nice people. They live in Florida. They have photographed every lighthouse in the United States, including Alaska, Hawaii, and Puerto Rico. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's uh, pretty amazing. Including and, that one on, on uh, Route 1 at the, uh, the Miniature Golf Place? Uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, uh, back about um, 20 or so years ago, I think it was, uh, they stayed overnight at the keeper's house at the Plymouth or Garnet Light. Mm-hmm. And Bob Shanklin, he told me the story few years ago in person uh he said he knows beyond any shadow of a doubt that he, he was wide awake he wasn't sleeping or anything he wasn't even close to being asleep but he was in, in bed and he said uh there was a apparition of a woman in the room who looked like she was dressed in period dress like from a long you know hundreds of years ago uh-huh. um and he feels he saw hannah thomas now do i know that no of course not but uh, he, but he, you know, he had a very strong experience, and he's pretty sure about so, it. So, when you said he feels he he saw Hannah Thomas, did he know what Hannah Thomas looked like? Looked well, like? no, nobody does. Oh, so what? okay. So he he what saw was... he saw oh, an, a stop. woman dressed. Well, 
My sorry. Pin, sorry. My computer's going crazy. Never mind. Oh, Go ahead. Uh, Anne, uh, uh, excuse I'm sorry. me, Anne. <laughs> Everything okay? Yes. Go I, ahead. I don't know. It's, it's Anne. What can I say? I'm she sorry. must have spilled the wine or something. I don't know. Uh, close. A wine on the keyboard? <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, where were we? Uh, oh, uh, yeah, we don't know what she looked like, but um, he just, you know, he saw this woman dressed in what he described as like sort of revolutionary era clothes. Uh-huh. So he made that, you know, that may be a kind of a, a leap in logic, but... Um, sort of like uh, Ernie, the lighthouse keeper? What's that? Sort of like Ernie, the lighthouse keeper? Kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it is a little bit like that. I mean, people um, often kind of jump to conclusions or fill in the gaps sometimes, I think, to help right. explain some of these, these weird stories. I think they're not, not just in lighthouses, but, but anywhere. So It's called the, uh, the famous ghost syndrome, that if you know, someone famous died at a place and they see an apparition, it must be that person, uh, isn't necessarily the, the truth. Right, right. It could, I mean, certainly lots of people lived there at that lighthouse in Plymouth and lived close by as well, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a community out there. It's, it's, it's in a little community, the Gurnet. So um, who knows what he saw, you know? Right. But um, maybe it was Hannah Thomas. <laughs> who knows? Well, that would be awesome. Could have, t- could have done EVPs and found out, right? Yeah, well, let's talk about that sometime. <laughs> could have asked, Again, could I, know the, I know the group that takes care okay, of it. No. What is it? Maybe she would have channeled them. Who knows? Uh, but maybe. Anyway, you, know what's, well, you know what's intriguing, though, uh, Jeremy, is, is there are so many stories from uh, different people that were able to describe uh, women or men or whatever by their direct their their dress and and it's such I mean I know this this house in Drake by for instance it's it's built on the edge of a cemetery and and the the, the guy was in bed one night and he, and he woke up and uh, he saw a woman in period dress whatever period that was evidently uh, going through the drawers <laughs> of his dresser oh and uh, it just rambled through the drawers. And, and he looked at her, and she turned towards him, looked at him, and then just went back to work again. And then he said, hey! And then she <laughs> disappeared. <laughs> it was a ghost thief going yeah, through his drawers. Going through his underwear, yeah, I guess. Uh, maybe she was on some sort of, uh, you know, uh, pledge type thing where she had to find him, bring him in. Underpants I, to uh, get into a sorority no, or something? Well, like. I didn't say it was. Well, it's, he was married at the time, so I'm not sure if it was his wife's dresser or his dresser, but it was a dresser <laughs> they belonged to. Him. So, it whatever. was a ghost scavenger hunt. That's yeah, what it maybe, was. maybe she was looking for the stash. I don't know. <laughs> what up? Oh, that's funny. So I see Ed Stevenson out there. I want to give a shout out to Ed Stevenson. Yes. Ed Stevenson oh, yeah. fa- I just got on the chat. I see. The, uh, the Lighthouse Board, and uh, he's out. You he moved out to Ohio, where he's having a hard time digging up lighthouses. But, oh uh, no! That's all right. He's he's working, uh, walking dogs, and helping doggies. So there you go. That's cool. I see, Ed, on, I see Ed online every day on Facebook. You know, he's uh, still very active in the Lighthouse community, even if we're few hundred miles apart <laughs> yeah um and ed had an experience at portsmouth harbor lighthouse uh he did when he was a volunteer there oh, oh yeah yeah. Oh, yeah go ahead i don't yeah, know do we want to tell it yeah. go into that i wish ed we should have ed on the phone right now to tell, tell oh, the story for sakes, how many full wines do you think i have <laughs> I, I know it's okay <laughs> well maybe <clears throat> he can confirm see if i get this right so ed i know you're listening 
um, confirm in the chat room and, and, and correct me if I get anything wrong, but this was about the two, two summers ago, I think. Um, and uh, we're talking about Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse in Newcastle, New Hampshire, where you, Ron, and I are very involved with it, and I've been involved there for 15 years, and there's a lot of stories there. People have experienced all kinds of things there, and it's been on ghost hunters and so forth. <laughs> so two summers ago, we were having one of our weekly open houses. It's open to the public every Sunday afternoon, and Ed was up in the lantern room on the top of the lighthouse by the lens, and he had a group of people up there, and the, the trap door, you know, you go up a ladder, you go up go up 44 stairs, like a spiral stairway, then you get to a landing, and then there's a seven-rung ladder to get up into the lantern on the very top. So Ed's up in the very top with a group of seven or eight people. The trap door is closed, you know, that gets to get in there. And below, <clears throat> on the level below, there's a, a volunteer named Sharon, who's with another group of about eight people. And in the middle of Sharon talking to her group and Ed talking to his group, there's this boom, the big boom kind of noise. Like a like, Ed thought it was somebody pushing underneath on the trap door, like they were trying to open it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was sure that's what it was. And Sharon from below thought that somebody like stomped on the door or something from up above. <laughs> so Ed opened the trap door and yelled down to Sharon, "What was that? What do you want?" She said, "I didn't do that. Nobody down here did that." <laughs> and there was there was no you know no obvious way that anybody made that sound anybody who was there so uh, it was pretty sure that somebody pushed on that door um, <clears throat> that's just one of many experiences people have had there but that's amazing that was a good one I wish the next file. oh did I get that right Ed in, in the chat room if you could if it can confirm that I got that more or less right <laughs> I appreciate it all right whatever makes a good story anyway. So, anyways, uh, speaking about X Files, and of course, uh, that, that's that's my ringtone for my uh, flip phone, which I have, and uh, it, it was kind of year old flip phone. Yeah, yeah it was kind of amusing today because we, Jeremy and I, had a meeting with the chief at, of the uh, Coast Guard base uh, there in Newcastle, and right in the middle of the meeting. Uh, of course, my wife decides to call me, so the X Files <laughs> thing comes ringing out of my pocket. Nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Yeah, so anyway. I figured Scully was calling you at the time. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. Uh, so anyways, Ed says, uh, pounding on the hatch heard by 16 people. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so uh, X-Files, that is out. Ed, have you seen that show, by the way? Or are you uh, a fan of the X-Files at all? No, do you know, I never watched the X-Files when it was. Oh, I was a huge fan hated. of the X-Files. Me too. And, um. I feel like I should go back and 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 just buy the series and watch it because I'm sure you know I enjoy library you know. Well, maybe I will go do that. Yeah, supposed to get some more snow this weekend, right? <laughs> I didn't hear that. I know it's supposed to be like unbelievably cold this weekend. That's what I hear. Yeah. Mm. Somebody exactly. said something about snow on Sunday. No, mm. no, no, we don't. Not here, anyways. Okay. Don't, don't well, somewhere. you know, it was Russ. So, all right. All right. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. Okay. <laughs> we love you, Russ. <laughs> but we don't trust you. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, X-Files, Jeremy, you have been a, a fan as well as I have. Uh, yeah. From, yes, the new series. Uh, what do you think of the new series? Uh, it feels like it's never been off. 
you know. So, ah. just except for that, when you see, <clears throat> when you then go back and look at, you know, maybe clips from the old show, you realize how different they look, you know, okay. the actors. But um, David Duchovny and uh, Julian Anderson, it's like, mm-hmm. you feel like they've never stopped playing those characters. Like they just step right into it like it's so natural for them, you know. Nice. Just so I should like, start watching. Yeah, it's you know. It's all over. <laughs> I'd love to. Oh, I thought problem. they were renewing the series. It was just a special. No, it's just no, six it's shows. Six but I, I, if the ratings are high enough, I would imagine they'll do some more. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the last episode is next week. Yeah, oh, I bummer. believe. Right? That's the <clears throat> six, right? I always back in the days in the nineties or whenever it was on before. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I get a little uh, almost bored by the the ongoing conspiracy sort of stuff that got yeah, really involved that's, you that's know that's my weakness too okay. yeah not, i always like the what they beautiful. used to call the monster of the week shows better i love those yes yeah and they just <laughs> yeah. did one of those like last week the, the guy the the lizard guy yeah <laughs> lizard well, we, guy, don't, we, don't, that, we don't want to yeah we don't want to i don't want to give it all away but um, right, yeah. that was cool it was a throwback to those old monster of the week shows and it was, and it was really also funny. the tongue-in-cheek one too because they, yeah. they used to take yeah. big fun of uh some stuff as well and if you notice the guy that was in it uh was very reminiscent of kojak the night stalker the guy the lizard guy yeah he was huh. english though i didn't think huh? of that take, the lizard guy was speaking with take a british a accent he had the, the hat the csxs yeah, all that crap oh yeah that was him in uh, fact, yeah. Did you notice it, there was also the scene in the cemetery where Mulder was hanging out by two gravestones? And did you see the names on the gravestones? When it, when Those it, were that scene came on. Yep. Two writers and producers from the X Files who had died. Uh, it was their actual really? graves, I believe. Oh my yeah. God, the real graves. Yeah. Oh, so it was that's kind of a cool. tribute to them. You know, they did a scene there in the, the cemetery. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's the thing the show is. That's why it's so cool. It's it's cool on different levels, you know. And 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 sometimes it, it doesn't take itself seriously, and and sometimes it it does. But uh, it, it's it's good. It's a it's a interesting show. Uh, like I said, even a, a bad show is a good show. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not big into the conspiracy stuff and the UFOs and all that, but whatever. But UFOs, uh, you were pretty big in that at one time, weren't you, Jeremy? Yeah. I was. I, I still kind of am. But, um, you know, when I was a kid, I was into paranormal stuff in general. I just was always interested in it. And uh, the ghost stuff interest might have come a little bit earlier, but I got into UFOs. And then for a while, I was really into UFOs. And I, I still have a pretty large book collection on the subject. And I was going to some of the conferences and stuff. Um, you've heard of... Uh, MUFON or MUFON, the M-U-F-O-N, the Mutual UFO Network. No. It still exists. A, you know, yeah, I was, they asked me to do a conference when they had one out in Lenvester about uh, three years ago, four years ago maybe. Uh-huh. But then I know they asked you this year too. Which, which uh, it was actually, I think, a different group, but they, you know, they oh, recently it? asked me if I wanted to talk as, uh, about Lighthouse Ghost Stories as part of their conference. I'm not going to be able to do it. But um, they used to, MUFON used to have the New Hampshire MUFON used to have uh, conferences at the old Yokins restaurant on Route 1 in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Some people listening might remember Yokins, which is now gone, but um, I went to a couple of those and uh, heard a lot of good speakers. It was really interesting. I got, and, you know, I also met people like Betty Hill, the famous abductee. Betty Hill? Oh. Yeah, I met, met Benny, Betty Hill. Lived in, not Benny Hill, but not Betty Hill. Benny. Oh, Betty okay. Hill. Betty and Barney Hill were the first Goodness. famous abduct, supposed UFO abductees. You know, there's the book about them and the TV movie and everything. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, Betty Hill was kind of a celebrity of the local UFO world. Right. So she came to one of these conferences. Um, so it was, it was really interesting. But I, I got sort of frustrated with it all. In, in some ways, I think it's true in a lot of the paranormal stuff, I just kind of felt like it was hard to make firm conclusions about anything, and I just got frustrated with that. Mm-hmm. And I felt that some people were jumping to conclusions that were too easy. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I think UFOs are real. I think people see, are seeing something real. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily think it's beings from outer space. You know, I don't. We just don't know. There, there's mm-hmm. a lot of possible explanations. So I, I uh, remember. Was, I remember one one uh, Christmas. Uh, I was going to the college in Northern Essex, and uh, I was heading home with uh, some friends of mine. And, and we looked up in the sky, and we saw this light, and we couldn't explain what it was. So we started chasing it, uh, and we followed it and followed it, and we must have spent about a half an hour chasing this darn thing. We finally caught up to it, and uh, basically it was a helicopter underneath it said, uh, Merry Xmas, UFO. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Where'd you stop, in Maine? (laughs) (laughs) Just about... We chased that thing all down like 93, 213, We kept moving all over to try to catch it. That's and, funny. Uh, you know, we finally did, but uh, not, what we, not what we expected, that's for sure. So, so if, the beings, if you didn't feel that the beings were from out of, state, out of space, yeah, and where? New Jersey. New yeah. Jersey. It's all in New Jersey, right? Um. I, you know, I, I wish I had a good answer for you, but I just, that's what I mean by getting frustrated with it. I just, I just don't know. I mean, there's all kinds of theories, uh, you know, that they may be interdimensional. Yep. Uh, you know, which some, which fits into some people's ideas about ghosts, too. Um, you know what? It actually, they actually, and this is one theory I heard is that they actually may be us from the future. That's words, possible, that's, too. That's what we've morphed to, and they're actually time travelers more than aliens. That's absolutely, that's as possible as anything, I would say. It's about as much provable as anybody, anything. Yeah, I know. None of it is provable. I guess that's what I get so so frustrated with. It's the same thing with paranormal investigation. I mean, it's it's only, you don't have to, you know, ghost is just not paranormal. Paranormal is is a wide band. What I mean is if we're on a ghost, where you're looking, you know, for a ghost investigation, you can't prove that either. Right. No, I, that's right. And I get frustrated with that sometimes, too. Um, you know, it, it's true of all the paranormal. I mean, cryptozoology, look at, you know, people looking for Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster and stuff. There's plenty of evidence to say that these things exist, but nobody can prove it. Right. It's true. And that seems to apply to all this stuff. And sure. that's going back to the X-Files. That's one of the things I like about the X-Files. And actually, that Lizard Man show that was on last week kind of touched on that, how... Even though it, it can be so real for the people who experience it, they can't prove it. Mm-hmm. You know, like Mulder had this very strong experience, but it was it ended up being sort of beside the main point of the show. Do you know what I mean? You saw it, Ron. You know what I'm Yep. Turned out that the – well, I don't want to say – I don't want to give yeah, it away. Please. But anyway, that's one of the things that the X-Files often touched on was that this stuff is so elusive. You know, I want to believe, you know, Mulder had that poster in his, in his office. It's like mm-hmm. it can never be proved to the – the general public or something mm-hmm. and that's that's what's interesting about it but it's also what's frustrating about it i think what do you think ron i agree totally i mean but that's why i love doing this too because you're, you're trying to find that you know i was talking about this a little bit earlier on the international show with steve parson and 
And it, it's what a lot of people go out because they want to see a ghost. They want to, to me, I just want to try to understand it. I want to know what the correlation between everything is, because there must be some type of a correlation. You know, uh, it's easy to say, oh, you know, EMF causes this or whatever, hallucinations or whatever. It, you got to find a correlation because there are a lot of reports. So, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what re- you have of a report, you have to, you know, factor that in. And, uh, you know, even crazy people can be saying uh, <laughs> At, at times, I mean, you know, everybody sees ghosts. Right. That's, it's like a broken clock is right. Uh, there you go. That's, the, that's a better right. analogy. Thank you very much. <laughs> huh. okay. well, I'm just seeing on the uh, on the chat room now. I know who Gurnet Light is. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay, I know who he is. It's somebody I've known for a long time. Excellent. Huh. At, at you know that's the intriguing thing of what we do, and and you know when I went to college and. Uh, I took environmental science. I got my degree in environmental science because it covered all the disciplines. You know, it, it wasn't just one. It was, you know, oceanography, geology, all eologies, really, you know, chemistry and physics and all that stuff. So it's, it's a, you know, it's trying to understand how everything works and how it, they work together. And that's, that's why I'm so interested in all of this paranormal stuff. You know, including mm-hmm. monsters. Monsters are good. And we've had our share of monsters in New England, haven't we, Jeremy? We have. We've had uh, Champ, the uh, monster in Lake Champlain, Vermont. Mm-hmm. I've camped okay. on the edge of, wait, of uh, wait, Lake Champlain. Even closer, mm-hmm. even closer, right off of uh, Gloucester, we had a sea monster that was reported. Oh, oh sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were lots, really? of, lots of sea serpent sightings, and especially around Cape Ann, Gloucester. Mm-hmm. In the 1800s, 1817 was one of the years when lots of people saw, like hundreds and hundreds of people saw something. And I, I don't think they were all crazy or drunk. I, <laughs> you know, there had to be something. There were like flaps, you know, like they have UFO flaps every once in a while. There'd be lots and lots of sightings. Same thing with the sea serpents in the uh, 1800s, mm-hmm. including lighthouse keepers. I've actually collected some, you know, various uh, old clippings of, uh, you know, sea serpent sightings around lighthouses. Well, we'll have to talk about that when we come back for the break. But unfortunately, right now we are coming up to the break. So uh, if you hold on, we'll be back and we'll we'll talk about these uh, crazy little monsters that are terrorizing our coast. Anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann Carrigan and Ron Colick and our special guest, Jeremy Dontrelant. And we'll be right back after the following messages right here on Tojanet, Pararex, and way beyond. Hello, hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. 
Hi, I'm Ron Kolick from the New England Ghost Project. And I'm Gail Lax from Winslow Studio Yoga and Healing. And we'd like to invite you to a very special event that we're running March 18th through the 20th. At the historic Daniel Inn in Brunswick, Maine. This is a weekend retreat, Gail, right? It is. It's going to be fantastic. And it's going to be all about ghost hunting. And connecting with spirit. Ooh, that sounds fun. And we're going to try new things that have never been done before. And we'll be investigating one of the most historic houses in Brunswick. And your weekend will include some great workshops and energy, all of our paranormal investigations, some wonderful food, and a group mediumship reading as well. And a red light seance too, right? Yes. And you never know who will come through in a red light seance. You never know. And uh, if people were interested in getting tickets for this, how could they do that, Gail? Oh, they can go to our website at www.winsoulstudio.com and go to our events page, and you can put your deposit down and reserve your space for this amazing retreat. So don't delay on this rare opportunity to spend a weekend with Gail and me as we go in search, search of, of spirit. spirit. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ian and our special guest this evening, Jeremy Dautremont. So, Ron. That was me. Did they drug you for that commercial? Why? <laughs> What's your problem? He did sound rather subdued, didn't he? he sounded like, I don't know. They That's like classy, classy they one. You some feel-good pills or something before you recorded that. Are you kidding me? I'm so excited sure. about going to this thing. Are you kidding me? That's going to be a blast. I mean, it is going to be a blast. You, number one, it's a four-star like... hotel, and then second of all, <laughs> it's got this captain's house that's haunted that's no one's in attached to it that I've got from my own little play yard. So how can I not be happy about going that? It's like you were just so mellow. Yeah. <laughs> That's Mellow and uh, happy. Yeah, and you were in a happy place. That was I'm, it. I'm going to be doing yoga and, and oh, uh, doing wow. all kinds of stuff. Oh, wow. I hope somebody, I really hope somebody tapes that. That ain't happening. <laughs> yes, it's going to be an amazing event. It really is. It's going to be all kinds I'm of sure uh, it is. I wish I could go. Well, you know, it's up to you. Uh, anyways, Jeremy, remember, <laughs> he's here. It was just right. about to tell about about the sea serpent. The sea serpent that ravaged our coast. <laughs> yeah, and you know people still report those kind of things now and then. Uh, really? You know, there's doesn't seem as common, or maybe the maybe the fishermen who go out there they don't necessarily want to report it now. <laughs> you know, they don't want people thinking certain things about them. But um, again, the the 19th century, the, those were those headlines a lot of times. 
the, in the newspapers with these uh, serpent sighting flaps. Uh, 1817 was one of the biggest years, and I know that one of the, the sightings was in the in Gloucester Harbor, Massachusetts. And wow. uh, <clears throat> this one local man, his name was Amos Story, he said he watched the sea serpent uh, sort of, you know, swimming back and forth in the harbor for some like three hours. And at one point he said he saw it uh, coiled up on the on the island on Ten Pound Island in Gloucester Harbor. Uh, and a few years later, they built a lighthouse on Ten Pound Island. And Amos Story, the same guy who reported that, became a keeper at that lighthouse. Uh-huh. But he was one of many people who saw that, you know, something like that around that that time. So um, <clears throat> there's there's a lot of those stories. And and uh, actually, you know, one of the the sea serpent stories connected to a lighthouse is uh, near Whaleback Light, Ron. Really? Another one that's near and dear to us. Our lighthouse. Yeah, one of our lighthouses. And uh, I think it was, I'm not sure, remember absolutely for sure off the top of my head, but I believe it was 1884. And it was it made the newspapers that a large sea serpent was sighted around the mouth of the Piscataqua River around Whaleback Lighthouse in Wood Island, where there's a life-saving station. Uh, and it was, seen, it was seen by many people. If you, We actually have a board printed with that story that we sometimes put up on an easel in our Oil house at Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse when we're we're open. I don't know if you remember that, Ron. Really? No, I, I did not. That, this, is, yep. this is exciting news. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we haven't seen it lately, but once we uh, start going back and forth to Whaleback all the time in our little boat, maybe we'll maybe we'll run into the sea serpent. That's mm-hmm. right. Would it yeah. swallow the whole boat? <laughs> I'll, I'll be on it, so it wouldn't mess with me. Ronald's scared. Oh no! Don't mess with Van Helsing. <clears throat> But, you know, one of my favorite lighthouse sea serpent stories was in, in Connecticut in the late 1800s. I think it was the 1880s, the first time this this guy in um, say Old Saybrook, Connecticut, mm-hmm. at the Saybrook Breakwater Lighthouse, he told reporters that he saw, he said, a 200-foot-long sea serpent passing the lighthouse. Wow. wow. A few years, that was around the, and that just happened to be around the time that T.T. Barnum, you know, who was in Bridgeport, Connecticut, not far from, from where this guy was, mm-hmm. offered a, a large reward for anybody who could prove there was a sea serpent. But uh-huh. I don't think the guy got it because he couldn't prove it. But anyway, a few years later, this other keeper at Stratford, Connecticut, Stratford Point Lighthouse, said that he saw a 300-foot-long sea serpent. So he topped the other guy by 100 feet. There you go. Wow. <laughs> but he couldn't prove it either. By the way, that keeper had a, a nickname. He was known to most people as Crazy Judson. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that had nothing to do with it, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, So that was just one of many things he reported over the years. He also, uh, I have a newspaper clipping where he was interviewed later in his career where he absolutely swore that he saw mermaids at Stratford Point. He said as many as a dozen mermaids at one time. And he said he almost caught one once. Mm-hmm. He said he really? snuck up on her and almost grabbed her, but she kind of slithered away and she hissed at him. Ooh. He said they're uh. very bad-tempered. Oh, <laughs> well. And, but he did get, he had a hairbrush, and when he would tell people about the mermaids, he would always show them the hairbrush, and he would say this came from one of the mermaids. And they really? would say, well, they'd always say, well, it looks just like a regular hairbrush. You know, what's, what's, <laughs> well, how do you know it's a mermaid? And he said, well, they would, the mermaids actually would swim down into shipwrecks, you know, and bring things up, and that's, that's how they found the uh, hairbrush. Exactly. So I thought they were supposed hairbrush? to use a fork. I don't know. No, 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 no. Like in The I've Little Mermaid, hairbrush. she used a fork. Oh, oh I've seen them use a hairbrush. So what happened to this hairbrush? I have no idea. 
But uh, you ever I hear want the, it. <laughs> you want it? You want, I want it. Yeah, I don't know. Why? Maybe don't it's at the hair. Barnum Museum. Shut There's up. a Barnum Museum <laughs> in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Have you ever been there? It's a great museum. At least I put my mustache the right way. <laughs> Ooh. I don't even yes, know what you said, uh, but never mind. Yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was just saying, to you, I don't know if you're familiar with the Barnum Museum in Bridgeport, Connecticut. No, I have not been there. It's a is really that... interesting museum, and one of the things on display is the Fiji mermaid. Yeah. Which, it's a replica. You know about the Fiji mermaid, right, Yes, Ron? yes. It's not the original, but it's made to look like uh -huh. the, the original. Well, the original was made anyway, so I guess they could make another one. <laughs> the original what? Was what? Was made. Was made, it right. It was made, yeah. yes. What it is was... the Fiji mermaid? I don't know what the Fiji mermaid is. Well, back no, when, it... when, no. when Barnum had like a circus and sideshow and stuff, and he was showing people things, you know, unbelievable things, he, he I don't know if he did it personally, but he had a, a mermaid made that was actually... Um, uh, part uh, the upper, I believe, it was the upper half of a monkey sewn on to the lower part of a fish. Ew! <laughs> oh, that's have nasty. It is. Yeah, they have a replica of that at the uh, Barnum Museum. So. Must have smelled People really wanna... good too. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They preserved it. Yeah. <laughs> but that was back in the day. It's like the puppy monkey baby, right? <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a turducken, I think. Too. But, uh, <laughs> Really. Did you see the puppy monkey baby on the Super Bowl? Uh, unfortunately, I did watch the Super Bowl. I was busy doing real important stuff. Oh, wow. Fine. I didn't see the puppy monkey baby. Well, Google puppy monkey baby and see what you okay. get. Mm. I have no interest all, in that Super That's Bowl. all I'm going to say. No okay. interest in that Super Bowl. Before I even type it all in, I'm, I'm doing it right now and I see Google recognizes it. Oh, yeah. Googling. Oh, yes, it will. Oh, it's yes, very it, oh. popular. It's Ooh, really, really pick. popular. Yeah. See, Ron, you know what it is. Of course I know what it is. I just didn't see Lying it. To so me. I didn't watch the Super Bowl. You didn't watch. Well, you could watch the Puppy Monkey Baby. Yeah, I might do that. <laughs> it's kind uh, of one of those things you sit and watch with your mouth open, kind of like a 300-foot sea serpent. So, uh, yeah. Mm. Anyways. So kind of like me dressed up at our TV show, which, by the way, is now carried by 30-some-odd communities. Oh my goodness! Yes, we uh, we we have a lot of subs excuse me a lot of subscribers, which um, I found out today <laughs> on our Telview Connect system. If you're listening to us and your public access facility doesn't carry our show, well, you know, call them up and say, "Why my not?" Show is on Telview Connect. And you can download it and play it every month, a new episode. And we are literally coast to coast. Woohoo! Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Go. Crazy. Uh, California, well, Indiana, Colorado, Wisconsin, New Jersey, yeah. Vermont, uh, Kansas. We're in Kansas. <laughs> Somewhere in Kansas. They're listening, they're watching, they're watching us, Ron. Anyway, so shout out to all those awesome communities that carry our, uh, our live video broadcast. Video broadcast, cool. which we do once a month. And uh, next month is our video broadcast. So you can actually watch it uh, on TojiNet if you go on the website. Or you can see it at, uh, what's the, uh, the address, something? Uh, www.ebctv.org. 
And you can watch and, it live there. And it's yes. also archived there as well. Yes, we have all the shows there. So you can get caught up on the next snowstorm. Watch Ron and Ian. Wow, yeah, that's, that's, that's what scary. I see. Our next show, next video broadcast is next week. I just Ron. said that. Okay. I, I didn't. just said that. All right. I didn't hear you say that. Of course not. You don't listen. But, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, moving right along. Uh, the, uh, the lighthouse, uh, of course, our lighthouse, Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse, is located mm-hmm. at the Coast Guard Station in the lovely little town of Newcastle, one of the highest, uh, one of the richest towns in New, in New Hampshire. And, uh, but they also had their own little story of paranormal activity. Do you remember the story of the stone thrower, Jeremy? Uh, yeah, and it was a little before my time. I believe it was 1698. Yeah, oh, but uh, yeah. it's a pretty famous story in the paranormal annals, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the, it, it, but you know, it's one of those things where I don't think people aren't quite sure. But it was written as a story, and I think it was first published in England mm-hmm. in 1698. And it's called Lithobolia. I'm not sure exactly how you're supposed to pronounce that, but... You got me there. Uh, (laughs) I can't really pronounce my own name. L-I-T-H-O-B-O-L-I-A, something like Lithobolia. Sounds um, right. That was the name given to this supposed stone-throwing devil. And, you know, it became a very famous story, but uh, it's not really clear whether it's just total fiction. It was written as if it was, you know, recounting something that really happened. Mm-hmm. But did it really happen? I don't know. I wasn't there. <laughs> but did you say that about the paranormal in general? Yeah. Well, there you go. It's another one of those cases. Yeah. But it's exactly. like it's like, like something right out of the X Files. Um, true. Basically, uh, you know, I, I don't remember all the details off the top of my head. But people, if people search for stone throwing devil Newcastle, they find all kinds of things on on the internet. And uh, the basic story was that there was a guy named George Walton in Newcastle, which. Uh, Forget if it if Newcastle had actually been named, but I think it might have been known, known as just Great Island at that time. Right. It is an island connected by a couple of bridges. And this guy George Walton was a landowner. He was a Quaker, and there weren't many Quakers around at that time. In fact, I believe it was illegal to be a Quaker. And uh, he had um, he was a very successful uh, merchant, I guess, and he he owned a, a good amount of land. And he had a dispute with a neighbor. Uh, and like a boundary, I think a property dispute. Right. And he accused the neighbor of being a witch. Ha ha! She said he was a wizard. But then there all this go. stuff started happening to happening to him and his family, where supposedly stones were falling from the sky on them, and all kinds of other stuff, as well as stones mm-hmm. like uh, hammers and uh, <laughs> utensils and stuff. Uh, and this went on for months. I think it went on for something like three or four months. Yeah. Until uh-huh. it finally stopped. But um, and that's that's about it, Ron. Maybe you have something to add to that. That's, that's about all I can remember off the top of my head. Yeah, but. actually, they, they've come. To, I mean, that's not new. There's a lot of cases. There are other cases in New Hampshire as well where uh, it, 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 as early, I mean, as late as the 1970s, it's been reported uh uh, and uh, I forget what the, the exact case, but in in the UK there are uh, instances as well where where the police have actually witnessed it themselves, 
Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's a strange phenomenon all, that happens all over the world. And mm -hmm. uh, we don't know, you know, there, there are theories. There are always theories, of course. But uh, the cool thing about the X-Files is that we never know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it's kind of like poltergeist activity, but, but very extreme. Mm -hmm. I know that uh, Dennis Robinson, who's a local historian here on the New Hampshire seacoast, has written about the, the stone-throwing devil. He wrote a good article about it, so people want to look it up online. Probably want to look I, at I'm his trying article. to think if that's in my book or not, uh, Ghost Today uh, or not, but uh, it, it was not interesting. I, I remember researching it for the book if I didn't put it in it. Uh, but, you know, there's so many really cool stories about, uh, you know, and what's the other one, the Dover Devil? Right? Have you you remember that one at all? It's not the Dover Demon. Well, Dover that's a Demon. more modern story, right? It's the a modern strange... story, right? That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. It's not necessarily old stuff. It's it's right. new. Still yeah, happens. Correcting Weird the, stuff uh, still happens right. all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Demon of Dover was um, when was that? The '60s, '60s or '70s? It was. I think it was the long. '70s. Yeah. That's down the uh, Bridgewater Triangle area, right? Your your town, uh, Ian, up down that way, right? Dover? No. Okay. All right. Carry on. No, this is Sorry. Dover. Right. <laughs> um, Dover, Massachusetts. I am not um, sure where Dover is, but it's I thought it was part of the Bridgewater Triangle, but I apologize if it isn't. No. Dover, Massachusetts mm. is near uh, Westwood and uh, Natick. Yeah. And it's, Dedham. It's, okay. Yeah. A little, north of, a little bit north of here. Okay. Because I know yeah. that uh, Jeff Belanger wrote in his book, Weird Massachusetts. Yes. Definitely. And they actually Zero. have drawings, drawings of it as well, which is the kind of cool thing about it. Yeah, they, they – I remember that I – Jeff talks about it in his Weird Massachusetts um, right. presentations. Mm -hmm. And the people who saw the Dover Demon uh, were teenagers – I believe, and they did draw pictures of it, you know, like independent of each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And had things come up that were very similar looking. Yeah. It was 1977. I just looked it up. Mm, yeah, I thought so. The yeah. first place I read about it was one of the books by the late Robert Ellis Cahill. Ron, I know you know who he was. Um, I, I knew oh, him a bit. But it was. I'm sure he wasn't the first person to write about it, but he, he wrote well, about Well, Cahill it. wrote about a lot of things. He was very yeah. much, uh, unfortunately, like a lot of people, uh, you know, sometimes the facts aren't exactly. Yeah, it's correct. hard to separate the fact from the fiction. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Bob Cahill is, is, an, is you're talking about Bob Cahill? Yeah, his books. He used the name Robert Ellis Cahill, his full name. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, Saltbox Publishing, uh, Salt, yeah, something or other. But yeah. he, he's an interesting story in itself because he was actually the sheriff of Essex County. Mm -hmm. and I was just going to say that. Yeah. If you know anything about uh, the Salem witch trials and and the last uh, witch to be killed, which was um, Giles Corey, by pressing, is that he put a curse on the sheriffs of. Uh, Essex County, and they all ran into uh, high problems or, or blood problems uh, throughout the years. And Bob, who was the sheriff, had to retire because he ended up with uh, a heart problem. So mm -hmm. he had several heart attacks. Yeah, yeah. Of course, he also smoked about five packs of cigarettes a day. Yeah, yeah. That was the curse that did that, it wasn't the smoke. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> but I can tell you a really strange story about that, and I'm sure I've mentioned it before, but I, I just got to tell you, is, is, of course, when I first started doing this, uh, there was a, a Franciscan monk that used to work with the Bob Cahill. He's, you'll see a lot of, photo, of his photographs in the book. In fact, he, he's named as uh, Brian the Monk. And uh, Bob retired down to Florida, and uh, uh, and Brian the Monk uh, went out to Arizona to work uh, with the Indians out there. And um, so anyways, he gets a phone call from uh, Bob Cahill, and he talks to him for about a half an hour, and then he, he hangs up. And uh, a couple of the weeks later, he calls Florida again and got his wife and uh, – uh, he said, I'd like to talk to Bob. And she says, oh, I'm sorry, Brian. She said, uh, Bob passed away a couple of months ago. <laughs> so we had a conversation, a half-hour conversation with the dead man. Hmm. That's yeah. interesting. That's, That's pretty freaky. crazy, huh? Goes, yeah. Along with uh, the phone of uh, our friend Cal Cooper's book, uh, yeah. Call the Dead. Right. Yeah. It's right in that category. But there's Absolutely. so many strange things in the peril and the X-Files that it's so interesting and so so you just you scratch your head you you say that's unbelievable but then there's a part of you that says what if it's real you know <laughs> that's high strangeness as they say cases of high strangeness high strangeness it's mm-hmm. i think that it's a haunted planet you know uh, we you know, we don't we don't begin to understand the stuff i think really you know it's right um, we're just like ants in an anthill, and there's this giant universe around us, and we don't we <laughs> maybe are beginning to, to to understand a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, uh, Jeremy wrote a book on one of the most interesting hauntings, uh, which of course is Ocean Born Mary, uh, which is you know the one thing I do appreciate about uh, Jeremy is is he he likes to get all his facts uh, straight and all his try. T's crossed and I's dotted. So, I mean, he put, uh, you know, he put a lot of research into the Ocean uh, Bond Mary uh, story, and it's mm-hmm. a fascinating story. Uh, it is, although in the, it's partly a ghost story, but it's, also, it's a lot of things. It is a pirate it story. Um, it's got it all, which is cool. Mary, Ocean Bond Mary, was a real person born in 1720 at sea to Scottish immigrants. Um, but a house that is known as the Oceanborn Mary House in uh, Hanover, New Hampshire, is kind of famous as a haunted house. And you know, you'll find things in a lot of books about New England ghost stories and stuff. But in the case, you know, when I looked into it, I, I, it was very, very, pretty quickly I realized that 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 house was promoted as a haunted house by a longtime owner named Gussie Roy. We used to charge a quarter for tours, <laughs> and he claimed that a pirate, the pirate who had robbed Oceanborn Mary's ship when she was born, that he uh, later buried treasure on the property, and he would rent shovels to people for fifty cents, and you could dig on the, in his yard and look for treasure. <laughs> so he was a real promoter, and that so my book became as much about him as anything. I mean, he was just a real fun guy, you know. Um, you know, even if nothing he said was true, it was still very entertaining. <laughs> Right. Um, so it's a case, you know, even though I have an open mind on the paranormal, this was a case where I pretty much debunked. And um, a lot of famous people uh, looked into that house, too. Ed and Lorraine Warren yep. mm-hmm. went there. It was actually one of their first investigations. And uh, Sybil Leake uh, from yep. England, the uh, famous 
medium or witch medium or whatever she was. Yeah. And um, uh, Hans Holzer, the ghost researcher, so oh, you yeah. know, they were all there. So they're ca- sort of characters in the book as well. And, and and I know we're running out of time. So if someone's more interested in in your books and like the Ocean Barn Mary book and and some of your lighthouse books, and and you also do tours as well and and cruises and stuff. Uh, why don't do. you uh, can we direct them somewhere? Sure. Thank you for asking. <laughs> um, my website, my primary website for uh, for New England lighthouses is uh, newenglandlighthouses.net. And if people go on there, there's a page that is the link is right at the top. It says Lighthouse Print and Bookshop, and if you click on that, it lists all my books. Um, You can buy books, you know, through the links there. Um, And I also have NewEnglandLighthouseTours.com, and I do minivan tours from May to October, uh, based in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And we're talking small tours too. So it's it's it's, it's, yeah, very uh, personal tours with very personal people. Yeah, Yeah, it's a lot of fun. But this will be my ninth year. Uh, and, uh, you know, I hope people might want to take a look at that. I have a new book coming out in uh, next month. Uh, March 15th is the release date for the Lighthouse Handbook West Coast. Awesome. I did the Lighthouse Handbook New England, and the third edition of the New England book is coming out soon. Um, I also did a New York handbook, Lighthouse Handbook. But the West Coast book is coming out March 15th, a guidebook to every lighthouse in California, Oregon, Washington, British Columbia, Alaska, and Hawaii. And wow, I drove to nice. all the lighthouses from San Diego to British, a lot of the ones in British Columbia last year, last spring, which was quite an adventure. I think I was on your show, Ron, from Oregon at the time. Yep. Oh, yeah, the, he uh, called in. A, yeah. Do a bell, which means pizza from the dead sea, so we've got to wrap it up. But uh, <laughs> Jeremy uh, and I also do uh, things together every so often. Last year we did a, a pirate cruise, a uh, pirate and ghost cruise, and who knows uh, what we're going to do. So just you know, check out Jeremy's website or my website, anyghostproject.com, and, and see if we uh, do something again. And, of course, we always do the ghost tours at the uh, lighthouse for benefit of the lighthouse as well, don't we, Jeremy? Yes, we do in Portsmouth Harbor Lighthouse and Fort yeah. Constitution, and a lot of a lot of good stories there. And the, the amazing thing about it is, we we keep building because we keep having experiences, even on our tours, because they're yeah. they're kind of they're kind of like a mini, mini investigation. But you know what? They're uh, they're really intriguing. Uh, you don't know what ever know what's going to happen on them. Absolutely, we've had a lot of personal experiences and interesting photographs taken during them, and and mm-hmm. sounds and all kinds of stuff. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Someday I'm going to make it up there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. we've heard that before. <laughs> Next summer. No. <laughs> yeah, sure. I hope so. Yeah. I will. I will. I'm going to get uh-huh. there. Yep. It's not close by. Oh, my goodness. I should, I should just say real quickly, I also uh, have a Facebook group so for New England Lighthouses. If people get on Facebook and search for New England Lighthouses, there's a group with like 9,000 people in it. It's really active. It's a lot of fun. And uh, there's a lot of announcements of events and stuff in there as well. And some beautiful photography. Yes, absolutely. Jared Jeremy right. is quite the photographer, let well, me tell you. Well, thank you, but a lot of other people, too. Post yeah, great research, pictures. too. That's the important thing. Jeremy really does his, his research on a lot of things. And I've worked with him on, uh, you know, the ghost tours and, and other things. Is, and uh, he he doesn't tell you unless it's true, you know, unless he knows the facts. <laughs> Although you know, I you know I I surprised him once, so I, I was happy. Yeah. Well, how did you surprise me? 
about the fort. I remember I said the fort was going to be three tiers and they never finished Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were right. Yeah, and, and you corrected yeah. me and I was like, oh, okay. I yeah. don't want to give a thing. And then I found out it was right. I'm just saying. But I did I did come back and tell you you were right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, Jeremy, thank you so much for uh, being on the show. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks, Jeremy. I enjoyed being had. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Then we will talk to you all and see you all next week on our live video broadcast from EBC TV on the 17th. That's right. So tune in and see what's happening. So till then, good night and God bless. And uh, remember the X-Files. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good law.